Welcome to The Real is Uncensored, where we're bringing you real fucking issues, real fucking opinions. I'm Checkers, and over there, as always, is MJ. What's going on, everybody listening on YouTube, Rumble, and your favorite podcast directory? Favorite podcast directory? Yeah. Everybody has a favorite. <laughs> I know. There's like 30 million out there, so. Um, so today's show is going to be a weekly realist wrap-up, or... Or the Realist Weekly wrap-up. Something like that. Yeah, whatever. Fucking, it's one of them. We got we got different formats of the show. We got the Realist Weekly wrap-up. We have the Realist Unwrap. We have important dates to the country. We have holiday specials. And MJ's Vaulted Message Mondays. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know. It's good. We bit busy week, bit of a busy week. So uh, we're gonna jump right into it. Got a lot, a lot of shit to cover. So not too much squawking here in the beginning. Yeah, that's right. So my first one is from CNN Politics. Justice Department informs Trump he is target in classified documents probe. Sources say the Justice Department recently informed Donald Trump's legal team that he is a target in a federal investigation into the possible mishandling of classified documents. Sources familiar with the matter told CNN a sign that prosecutors may be moving closer to indicting the former president. The sources have been informed of the target letter and its contents, but had not seen it themselves. Prosecutors decision to inform Trump he's a target crystallizes that special counsel Jack Smith's investigation is focused on Trump's actions and not just the actions of people around him. Trump's legal team met with DOJ officials, including Smith, about the investigation on Monday. The meeting focused on the Trump legal team presenting their allegations of misconduct by prosecutors. Smith did not say anything beyond greeting those in the room in the meeting that source said. Justice Department regulations allow for prosecutors to notify subjects of an investigation that they may become a target. Often a notification that a person is a target is a strong sign in an indictment but is possible, but is possible, the recipient is not ultimately charged. Um, and that goes on and on. Like I said, it's CNN politics. If you want to go read on with it, um, because I have another one that goes along with this. Uh, the title for that one is Justice Department informs Trump he is target in classified documents probe, sources say. And I think that's pretty ridiculous. You know, fucking Captain Clown over there. He didn't even know where he had documents, supposedly, and they were scattered all over the place, but, you know, well, nothing's is, happening with him. What it is is it's uh, just showing how scared the Democratic Party and the people that support them are of Trump. So they're going to do anything and everything they can to keep him out of the race. Yeah, yeah, they are. <clears throat> so they can get... um get uh, their person in and continue this agenda because they need it done by 2030. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They got that agenda going. Yeah. So the the second article to that is uh, on trending politics. DOJ tells Trump he will likely be indicted next week. Here's what we know. Multiple sources have revealed that federal prosecutors have informed Donald Trump that he is currently targeting being targeted as a criminal and is highly likely to face imminent indictment. The investigation revolves around alleged mishandling of the class of, of classified documents. Notably, the Justice Department has chosen not to propose postpone uh, filing charges 
to allow a thorough examination of the witness tampering allegations put forth by Trump's legal team. And see, that's what's fucked up. They're like, yeah, we're not even going to fucking pay attention to, you know, a witness that, that we have that might have, you know, been tampered. You know what I mean? It's fucked up. Yeah, they're going to. That's gonna... not, that's not, uh, what, what do you call it? Fucking um, uh, innocent before proven guilty. Yeah, yeah, well, they're, they're, yeah, you're supposed to be innocent. In due process. Yeah, until you're proven guilty, but not, not in this country. You're guilty until you're proven innocent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, insider familiar with the matter have informed uh, just the news that the uh, DOJ has chosen not to postpone the forthcoming indictment of Donald Trump despite allegations a senior prosecutor involved in the case attempted to sway a crucial witness by discussing a potential federal judgeship with the witness's attorney. Trump would be, would be charged with gathering, transmitting, or losing national defense documents if officially indicted. No, I didn't hear anything like that. The, the gathering, yeah, but transmitting or losing, they haven't said shit about that. So now they're just pulling shit out of the air is what it looks like to me. Yeah. These specific allegations are currently under review in a sealed case presided over by Chief U.S. District Judge James E. Ballsberg, who has jurisdiction over the federal court in Washington, D.C., and grand juries convened with that courthouse. According to the sources, Special Counsel Jack Smith has been diligently preparing a historic federal indictment against the 45th president, which could be presented to a federal grand jury as early as this week. And that goes on, like I said, that was um, from Training Politics, DOJ tells Trump he will likely be indicted next week. Here's what we know is the title. And you know what? I don't, I, if they want to go through with this, you know, if he did do something wrong, they should be going through with this. Um, but if they're going to do that with him, they got to do it with everybody. They need to do it with everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Like we said before. So that's going to do it for that one. But that that's my main point is. I don't, I don't really give a shit that they're investigating him and all this other shit, but fucking do it for everybody. All right. Well, my, my first article is from Trending Politics as well. Report Instagram algorithm connects pedophiles with kids, promotes their networks. So anybody that uh, listens to the show and um, basically puts... Uh, pictures of their kids or their nephews or nieces or, you know, grandkids even up on Instagram, you might want to perk those ears up and, t and listen. <clears throat> A new investigation of Instagram has found the social networks algorithm facilitates connections between pedophiles and sellers of illegal complicated to fulfilling their twisted desires. So basically people, what it sounds like to me, from that is uh, people are going on, grabbing photos of kids, and then selling them to pedophiles. It's disgusting. The Wall Street Journal, in partnership with researchers at Stanford University and University of Massachusetts Amherst, have exposed the vast reach of pedophile um, pedophiles who use the hash um, use hashtags to connect buyers with sellers, offering a menu of options: anything from children in sexual situations with animals uh, to offers for meetups between children and buyers offering the right price, writes the journal. 
What the fuck? Exposure on Instagram brings pedophiles be, uh, beyond the confines of obscure obscure file sharing networks and onto the uh, onto one of the world's most popular social media networks. Um, one that has been criticized in the past for its negative effects on teenagers, researchers were able to uncover vast networks of pedophiles without the aid of public safety surveillance systems or assistance from Instagram. Promotion of such underage content is violation both of parent company Meta's terms of service as well as federal law. Since <clears throat> receiving the general uh, the journal's uh, media inquiry, Instagram has claimed it removed thousands of pedophile-associated accounts and stripped the ability for hashtags like preteen sex and phrases like little slut for you to be used when uh, directing participants towards um, that, you know, that type of content. As part of the team's reporting, Stanford researchers per, uh, produced a uh, analysis of Instagram, Instagram features that help the niche networks find, uh, find and connect users while the UMass Rescue Lab built a framework for fitting pedophiles on Instagram into a larger online ecosystem. Together, both universities were able to quickly identify large-scale communities promoting criminal sex abuse. Meta maintained that it is constantly battling the forces of, of pedophilia on Instagram and removed nearly 500,000 accounts in January alone for violating the child safety policies. The social network has more than 1.3 billion users. That is so disgusting. I don't even know. I, I have no words. That's fucking disgusting. Well, that's why I don't understand um, why people uh, post um, photos of their children or nieces or nephews or grandkids all over their social media accounts, knowing that there's a chance for this. Right. So you're, you know, you're basically somebody, regular person is just going on snagging all these photos and it doesn't matter if your account's private or not. They're figuring out, you know, how to, yeah. how to get these photos and um, then selling pictures of your children or grandchildren or niece or nephew to pedophiles. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucks. Like you shouldn't, you should be able to do that if your account's private, obviously, you know, family can see it, you know, it's cool, but the world, this, like the, the world, <laughs> the world we're living in, you, you know, it's, it's not doable. Yeah. That's, oh my God. So. And I can, I can see that like even people using it to, to target, target kids. Yeah. Like that. Oh God, that's fucking disgusting. Cause, Cause you know, these, you know, parents, uh, aunts, uncles, grandparents, all your information's on your account because everybody's going to share everything. Right. You know, I mean, an alternate to that, I mean, it's kind of an, annoying because it is easy to up upload to facebook and and instagram um is if you have if you want to share pictures with of your family to your other family members then just text it email them yeah i mean i think i think there's ways they're pulling from those too oh probably yeah probably so so my next one it's better to get the old uh kodak you're right <laughs> <laughs> The Polaroid. Yeah. <laughs> Prince right there. <laughs> My next one is from page6.com. Roseanne Barr calls Ale Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez a bug-eyed bitch. 
<laughs> really? Uh, yeah, Roseanne is uh has is known for not having a filter. If you don't know who Roseanne Barr is, she was the star of Roseanne, the show that that was out in the mid to late nineties. I think it was. Is that your so, favorite show? Oh, it was fucking <laughs> funny. Yeah, <laughs> fucking her and Dan would go at it and fuck. <laughs> Roseanne Barr is apparently not a fan of Rep AC, AOC. I'm not gonna go fucking her whole name. Calling her a <laughs> Farrakhan loving bug-eyed bitch who is, co- who is costing hundreds of people decent paying jobs with her so-called Green New Deal. She said, uh, Roseanne goes on to say, she got paid to do that, paid to decimate communities. Blasted the former sitcom star in a rambling YouTube video because they breathe carbon in the air or some horse shit. <laughs> uh, Barr, who is 66 fired off multiple obscenities during her two-minute critique of AOC, aiming uh, most of the barrage at the Democratic Congresswoman's Green New Deal to combat climate change as well as her support for socialism. Jesus. It's a fucking Ponzi scheme and a con game, Barr said, calling AOC a bug-eyed bitch who looks like a, uh, a realtor. Lefty dumbasses, the TV star added, seemingly referencing AOC's largely follow, following, dumb as they get. <laughs> uh, that, that's it for that one. It's, it wasn't a long thing. Like, like I said, Roseanne um, only had a two-minute uh, two video on YouTube on it. But it just shows that, you know what? There is one celebrity out there with a fucking brain. <laughs> So I was going to hold off uh, because you're finished up with your article, but this one, I was just uh, reaching over to grab the next one and saw this. So we'll get right into, you know, what's going on with our favorite um, transgender promoters, Bud Light. Oh, Jesus. Okay. This article is from yesterday, but just... uh, Saw it is, um, and it's from Washington, the Washington Examiner. Bud Light will be sponsoring an all ages drag show on June 17th. Really? So it's been a bad, bad few months for Bud Light after they recruited Dick Swing and Dylan Mulvaney to do an advertisement. We all know what happened. The backlash was swift, a, bo- a boycott ensued, and the beer giant sales have plummeted upward of 20%. So, um, the Washington Free Beacon reported Wednesday that on June 17th, Bud Light will be sponsoring an all-ages drag event in Flagstaff, Arizona, which I'm not surprised because me and you came across an article of uh, Katie Hobbs is now allowing the porn industry to shoot pornos in K-12 through fucking classrooms. According to the... The filer for the event, at least nine drag queens will be featured, although it is unclear how many will actually be performing. Attendees who are under 15 will have to go with a parent to a guard uh, or guardian, according to the filer. Um, under 15. So, you know, they, they, uh, they, they can't, they can't gain fucking 
people back. So they think this is good. No, they're, they're fucking done. The social media accounts of the drag queens who will be featured re- reveal their work to be very sexual in nature. Instagram posts from the accounts of every single performer who will be at the event included scantily clad photos of them while in costume to describe themselves as sexy, along with another who opts for the description of a good girl. <laughs> You know, the more the more this hat, like, I'm getting fucking pissed off. This is, I, I'm sick and tired of fucking hearing about this shit. So, so the question becomes, uh, then becomes this. Why Bud Light is sponsoring this all-ages drag show um, that will expose children to explicit content? What is the brand's motivation? And these are not just rhetorical questions. Bud Light must fucking answer. Yeah. Yeah, because their product yeah, so. is 21 and over and the fucking, the drag shit that technically should be like 18 and over if they're doing sexual fucking moves and shit. Yeah, so we'll get into, like, I'll just get into it because I had a few articles to cover this and be real quick is uh, Anheuser-Busch, this is from Newsmax Finance, Anheuser-Busch's stock loses $27 billion over Dylan Mulvaney, who has a dick, um, you know, his campaign ad, and... During this, a country music star, uh, uh, he must own a Nashville bar, pulled all the Bud Light signage and products from his bar. Nice. Yeah. The stock of Bud Light partner in Iserbush has lost a whopping $27 billion in market value since its ill-fated partnership with Dick Swinging Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> the New York Post reports in just the past week, Bud has fallen 5%. AB or TB's market <laughs> cap has declined from 134.55 billion on March 31st, the day of Mulvaney's partnership went live on social media. They are now at through the end of May 107.44 billion. The third worst month in record for for the stock, according to the Dow Jones market data, um, as the boycott uh, as the boycott continues, the stock is on a um, on the on a weight of a twenty percent drop, which would put it in bear market territory. Bud closed at fifty three eighty one Thursday, down five percent from last Friday's close, and off nineteen percent from. Uh, March 31st when it ended at 6673. Um, and you will hear this a lot through the other articles. Transheiser Bush declined to comment with the post. Oh, of course, you fucking pussies. Okay. So this this one does go on if you want to read more about the decline of Bud Light and Transheiser Bush, you know. Uh you, you can check out this article. It's at Newsmax Finance. The article is Anheuser-Busch stock loses $27 billion over Dick Swingin' Dylan Mulvaney's campaign. So we'll bring it into the next one, which is from the Daily Caller. Report Bud Light sales p- people receiving middle fingers taunts as um, the struggle as a struggle to sell the product. To be honest, if you're working for... I don't agree with like 
fucking harassing the delivery drivers or the salesmen. They're no. just out there trying to do a job. Exactly. And they don't deserve that. But on the other hand, you guys got to see the writing on the wall that nobody wants to deal with your company. And it's probably time to get out. Yeah, because you can go to one of the other like Miller Lite and all the those those places. Go um, be go be a salesman over there. They're gonna, they're gonna need you because they're 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 growing, dude. They're they're up like 50 percent. <laughs> like yeah, they need people. They, they I don't even think they're being they're able to produce it fast enough. Right. Um, many Bud Light sales uh, people uh, have experienced hostile encounters, taunts and loss of business amid ongoing backlash after the brand partnered with transgender influencer, Dick Swing and Dylan Mulvaney, according to the June 3rd ABC news report. Some Bud Light salespeople claim to have been honked at ridiculed and flipped off as angry conservatives continue to express their disapproval of the brand. Salespeople who make the bulk of the money on commissions have been particularly hit hard by the boycott against the beer brand. Okay, and if you have, there's plenty of sales jobs out there currently right now. Yeah, you don't even have to stay within within the beer dis- yeah. you know, industry. This is this has really, really killed a lot of the guys who are commission-based. That's who it's really hurting. A supervisor told ABC News, there's nothing they could have done. This has thrown been thrown in their faces. Okay, well, why aren't you guys who own the distributors calling up uh, Transheiser Bush and being like, "What the fuck are we doing about this?" Right. The our our workers are str- are struggling to pay their bills, but they don't give a fuck because it's not affecting them. Right. The average salesperson made roughly two thousand dollars less in May of 2023 than compared to two years prior, largely due to the drop in overall Bud Light sales, Memorial Day weekend sales of the brand plummeted over 60%. God damn. <laughs> According to the Daily Mail. I thought it was I thought it was going to be bad, but I didn't know it was going to be over 50. The typical Bud Light salesperson makes 60 grand per year with $20,000 in uh, variable pay, which is largely tied to commissions. Former Transheiser Bush InBev executive Anson Fred- Fredericks told ABC News he believes the brand might see good people depart because of the sales decline. Yep, he should. He should. Anheuser-Busch's, Transheiser-Busch's InBev CEO, Michael um, Michael Dorakis, reportedly addressed the boycott's impact to delivery drivers, salespeople, and wholesalers in recent earnings call. The situation has impacted people and especially on the frontline workers, the delivery drivers, sales representatives, our wholesalers, bud owners, and uh, servers. Um, the CEO said, according to ABC News, these people are the fabric of our business. They are our neighbors, our family members, and friends. They are in every community in America. We've been doing everything we can to support our teams. Bud Light has seen an ongoing drop in sales since Dick Swing and Mulvaney's partnership, the beer brand sales dropped 5.7% for the week in May 20. Uh, according to the New York Post, sales volume ha- uh, also reportedly dropped 29.5% compared to the same time frame in 2022 per the outlet. Transheiser Bush's InBev suffered a 20% stock drop and the end of March 34, 31st, according to Forbes. Okay. So I'm going to just get into this last one real quick. Yep. This is from Fortune. 
Bud Light may only have months to stem sustained market share loss. Well, I want to give it months now that they're doing that fucking that article that you yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, I, with I, the drag queens. Yeah, yeah, with the drag queens. Yeah. So now they're going in and trying to promote beer to children. Yeah, beer and, and you, beer and, and you, sexual and yeah, sexual. And you, they're sins. they're they're excused. Oh well, the the parents are there with them. <laughs> that's fucked. Guarantee that. It's what, so Bud Light needs to come up with a contingent strategy to win back customers in the next few months. Former executive warned or its market share losses could become permanent. Well, that fucking article I just read, that's not going to gain anybody back, Bud Light. That's um, right. Come September, re- retailers are expected to begin re allocating the limited shelf space by relying on sales data from the preceding months. In Bud Light's case, that could mean more diminished presence uh, going forward following the controversy over the brief partnership with transgender influencer uh, Dick Swing and Dylan Mulvaney, according to Asin and Fredericks. The president of sales and distribution at Budweiser's U.S. partner and Transizer Bush until his departure in April 2022, he told the Daily Mail that rivals like Coors Light and Yingling could then remain more prominent fixture in stores following this reset. Yeah, and that makes sense. If you, if I owned a liquor store, I'm not going to keep something on a shelf that's not going to sell. I'm going to well, cap. It, it's not even that. So what happens is, so because I worked for a company where we did do resets on the stores. Oh, yeah. So yeah. companies pay for. Shelf space. Yeah, but they, 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 you know, they, they, uh, basically they've done studies like where your eyes drop when you watch it, walk up to the cooler and open up the door. Right. So they want that prime spot. So Bud Light's going to get pushed to the bottom. So if they, let's say, let's just say off a cooler, not a shelf, a cooler. So let's say there's 10 ro- rows in there. Right. Okay. You, you might want like that center row, though, all 10. They might be pushed to the bottom with like three rows. Right. So, um, those brands will, will have a better likelihood to succeed long-term because they have more shelf space and they have more inventory. They have more backstock and they have more availability to consumers. He said the warning, um, warning who co-founded his own assessment management firm, um, after more than a decade at the mega brewer. Uh, comes with data suggested that the Mexican uh, beer Modelo could supplement, uh, not supplement, uh, surpass Bud Light this year in America's favorite four, uh, 40 beers, frothy beer, brew. Um, yeah, so they, this ju- this one just goes on continuing uh, talking about like what's going on. Fortune did reach out for a comment from Transheiser Bush, and they declined. Of course. So, I I don't know what to say. It's 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 one of those things. Like you're you're, by the end of the year, they're they're probably not going to be with us. Right, and that <laughs> and that actually that actually makes sense because they they weren't trying to, um, apologize for what it's, they it's, what it, they did. It, it's because their their agenda is this. It's the drag queens it's the trans movement it's and it's and it's beyond apology and they're not going to apologize because i've already went over it they need to meet an esg score and the more they're seeing is you know if they were they were smart they'd be like okay well we don't need the funding for whatever we're going to do 
This yep. beer fucking sold itself. Yeah, they shouldn't need it. Yeah. Like you guys don't even need to run fucking commercials. You don't got, you guys don't need billboards. People just walk in, used to walk in and be like, fuck, I need a bud. Yep. You know? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's after work. Let's go, let's go grab some beers. What's it gonna be? Bud Light or Budweiser? But you guys fucked up. Now nobody wants it. It was funny, I was at I was at the corner store by my house and uh one of the Budweiser just uh salespeople pulled in with the van that says, you know, Budweiser on the side. The guy didn't even get out of his car. <laughs> he thought, I don't know what he did, but he pulled in, sat there, went on his phone for like, I don't know, maybe five minutes, and then just left. Uh, I was like, that's, you well, know. you know what it is? They, they dominantly do all their ordering on the tablets. Right. So he probably went in, probably saw through the window, that shit, my product's still sitting there, hasn't fucking moved all week, so let me dick around and see. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and yeah, it it. it, it, it it's you can laugh about it, but it sucks because um, you know, Transizer Bush isn't doing anything to help them out, and that's why I'm saying you know the American people have spoke that people are not going back, and this right. whole thing with the drag show is for kids, them sponsoring it, and um, what did you where did you say it was? Um, uh, it just said June seventeenth. I don't think it said where it was. Oh, um. Arizona, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, Arizona. Not surprised because Katie Hobbs. Yeah, that's Flags, why. Uh, Flagstaff, I think, was, right? I don't know if it was Flagstaff. But, but. You know, where? I, if anybody is listening out there from that area, fucking go there and speak out against it peacefully. Don't be a fucking idiot and start, and start were, throwing were, shit. Were you the one that told me that uh, the backlash against a stage at a concert? Oh, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, there was a, there was a headline where the um, Tennessee was having some sort of a festival and they used to have a Bud Light stage, and then everybody would perform on that. They renamed the stage. They just got rid of the name Bud, uh, Bud Light right yeah. off the stage. So, I mean, you know, yeah, it it does suck, and you can't put it on the the people that are boycotting it because they don't they don't they don't align they with don't it. align with it. Yeah, it's so, this is Anheuser Busch's fault. Everybody that's losing money, everybody that is being affected by this, it's Anheuser Busch's fault because they are deciding to align with the the trans movement and see that's the thing that i i'd like to specify is there's nothing wrong with the with trans people it's the trans movement that is bringing down the 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 trans people so that's something else that should be coming out is the the trans community that is against the trans movement of the over sexualizing of kids and all that other shit they should be speaking out against this and and separating themselves from people like fucking Dylan Mulvaney. Speaking of which, I have an article <laughs> from MSN. After Bud Light fight, Dylan Mulvaney calls on brands to develop more trans partnerships. He says, realize my power. Your power? What's your power? Fucking frolicking in the field? <laughs> no, you you just plummeted a, uh, like a major brand. Yeah. Because you and your five o'clock clock shadow are are up there with your your beer can with your face on it. Oh, this is fucking disgusting. The transgender social media influencer who is polarizing partnership with Bud Light set off a devastating backlash for the company, argued more brands need to put transgender people in the limelight. So you want to bring down more companies. Okay. Besides Bud Light, Mulvaney has in the past partnered with at least a dozen other major companies to sell women's products like sports bras and, and makeup. 
The White House also invited Mulvaney to interview President Biden last year. Yeah, probably give him a fucking blowjob, too. In an interview with LGBTQ Digital Magazine, them, quote-unquote them, on Tuesday, the activists argued it was important to leverage his power and, and privilege as a white trans person to help more trans people get the attention of brands. For a long well, time... Well, your, your problem is you identify as white. <laughs> <laughs> For a long time, I felt so lucky that these opportunities were coming uh, my way that I thought it was by accident. But now I realize how much power I actually have, Mulvaney said. Yeah. Oh. Mm. I'm going to watch my mouth. Um, if a brand wants to work with him... Why do you go to watch your mouth? Because. <laughs> the, the shows, I, dis, I the disagree shows completely the, about him, but the, the, the things I'm thinking uh, are not uncensored. good. You can say it. No, no, no. <laughs> if a brand wants to work... Who are you going to offend? It's not, offend, it's not offending. It's, it would... I'll, I'll tell you after. <laughs> if a brand... Wait, you want to punch him in the face? Yeah. If a brand, well, to start, if a brand wants to work with me so bad, <laughs> I'd like to give him the trans surgery. There you go. <laughs> you don't fucking follow through with it. Here you go. Um, if a brand wants to work with me so bad, then they should, they should work with other trans people too. It's not enough to just hire me. This white skinny trans guy. It actually says girl, but he's a guy. He's a guy. I want, I want all the dolls getting back all the brand deals, all the dolls. It's fucking, these people are fucking twisted. What the fuck? Um, since partnering with Mulvaney for a March Madness social media campaign, Anheuser Bush has shed $27 billion in market value. The beer giant faced boycotts and consumer backlash for sending personalized Bud Light cans to celebrate the influencers' 365 days of girlhood. Um, it goes on and on. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about it. I'm not going to dwell on it, uh, you know, much more. But, you know, just just the simple fact that that he's he's actually saying realize my power. He's getting he's getting bigger than his britches, as you could say. Yeah. Um, And he needs to shut the fuck up and go away. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for that, though. All right. This uh, this one's from uh, OAN, One American News. Six women found dead in Portland could be connected to a possible serial killer. Damn. An investigation is underway after six women were found dead in less than three months in, um, in secluded areas in Portland, Oregon, Oregon. Um, five different law enforcement agencies are involved with the investigation of the women's deaths. At least three of these agencies have stated that they are working to determine if the cases are connected and have um, a, a single killer on their hands. Through the authority, through authorities have said they have yet to find evidence that the cases are connected. The bodies of the six women were found 100 miles, um, within 100 miles of each other on side roads in the woods in secluded rural areas within the last three, three months. In the recent cases, 20-year-old Ashley Reel was found dead in a wooded area in Eagle Creek on May 7th after she was last seen in, uh, at a transit center late March. Joanne Speaks uh, was also missing late March and her body being found in a rural area in Clark County on April 8th. She died of a blunt force trauma 
to her head and neck, according to the Clark County Medical Examiner's Office, citing her death as a homicide. Speaks is the only victim whose cause of death was revealed by authorities. Her sister, Robin Speaks, told KJW8 that she has been concerned with the amount of women who are found dead. Um, Charity Lynn Perry, 24, um, uh, and, and an unidentified woman were found dead on April 24th. The unknown woman, w- unknown woman was found inside of a tent in Portland and is believed to be indigenous, and there were no signs of foul play, according to the police. Less than three miles away, Kristen Smith, 22, was found dead near the southwest, uh, southeast Dieteroff Road in Portland uh, on February 19th. She had been missing since December of 2022. Bridget Webster, 31, was found near the rural road of Polk County on April 30th. One of the main, uh, main things in that they are going to be looking at is the manner of the death and the weapon. Brianna Fox, a former FBI special agent, says if that's consistent across all the victims, then this will be a huge point. Police are not currently giving information on any possible suspects that could be linked to the murders. That's sad. It is sad. You know, and something like this is just going to be brushed under the rug with, um, with all the stupid fucking bullshit that's going on so yeah. that's why i wanted to cover this and bring this to some sort of light that you know because we do have people that check in from you know i don't know if it's from the portland area but you know they do check in from oregon and um you know yeah be careful yeah be careful if, they, if, they, mean, if they are if they are female listeners definitely be careful because it might be a serial killer looking for you yeah exactly that's no uh, that's that's just that's really sad. And, uh, you know, condolences go out to the families, you know, of uh, the girls that were lost. Yeah, exactly. And women. <clears throat> so my next one is from Newsmax. Target donated gr- to group demanding Mount Rushmore shutdown. <laughs> Talk about erasing, you know, fucking America. Uh, Target donated in... Unknown amount of money to an indigenous-led organization that calls for the United States to return its public land and shut down Mount Rushmore National Memorial, among other causes. Fox News found in in analysis of Target's nonprofit organization, the Target Foundation, that the the company donated money through, although it is unclear how much, to the organization NDN Collective which described itself as an indigenous-led organization dedicated to building indigenous power. The group advocates for various progressive causes, including its Land Back campaign that aims to dismantle white supremacy and calls for America to release its public land to indigenous people. Indian Collective also describes itself as anti-militarist and calls for the demilitarization and decolonization of the U.S. military. (laughs) fucking dumb (laughs) oh jesus christ mount rushmore is an international symbol of white supremacy and as many as people cross america rightfully pull down statues of white supremacy 
we have to look along and hard and at how this national monument in the Black Hills upholds and maintains white supremacy in on indigenous land. NDN Collective President and CEO Nick Tilson said to in a press release, our land back efforts started at Mush, Mount Rushmore as we not only took a stand against white supremacy and former President Donald Trump's racist rhetoric that day, but also in demanding that Mount Rushmore be shut down as a national monument and that all public lands in the Black Hills be returned to indigenous people. And that's how they ended the article. So that's that, I guess. Well, you, you were talking about erasing, you know, what makes America, America. I'm going to bring it in uh, to this article from the Gateway Pundit. Outrageous children's choir stopped mid-performance while singing uh, national anthem as U.S. Capitol Police um, claimed it is a form of demonstration. <laughs> okay. In a shocking turn of events, the Rushing Brook Children's Choir was interrupted and stopped while singing the national anthem in the um, Statuary Hall at the U.S. Capitol building. The children, part of the esteemed Rushing Brook child, child, Children's Choir, have traveled to Washington, D.C. last Friday, May 26th, for a scheduled capital tour and have received prior approval to sing a short set of patriotic uh, songs inside the historic hall. However, as their angelic voices filled the grand hall while singing the star singing banner with pride, one of the guides intervened as they were told by Capitol Police that the children need to stop singing immediately. The abrupt interpretation stunned the young performers, the choir director, and the assembled audience. The Capitol Police did not allow the children to finish the song and sought to explain to the choir director that singing the national anthem at the nation's capital is considered a form of demonstration and or might offend somebody. What the f- If it offends you, get the fuck out of the United States. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. From Debbie... Uh, Debbie Davis, here's the video we took of the singing of the singing at the hall. In this one, you could see the security officers starting to get agitated and discussing what to do. ETA, uh, uh, in retrospect, after watching the video, I believe this was just one security officer. The man in the blue suit is our <clears throat> accompany, uh, is our Man in the blue suit is the son who helped or is, um, I don't know. He helped organize the fucking trip. Right. And those, those poor kids, like what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember being in course in, in school they're, they're, and you fucking practice for weeks on that. Well, they, they're just trying to erase everything that makes America, America. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. They really are. You know what I think for my truck? I'm going to get a fucking external loudspeaker or some shit <laughs> and drive around with that. So my next one is from Fox News. New York City unveils vending machine, vending machine for drug users with free crack pipes and Narcan for ODs. <laughs> if, if there wasn't enough reasons not to go to fucking New York. So they're turning into California. Yeah. New York City health officials on Monday unveiled the city's first public health vending machine featuring free drug paraphernalia and anti-overdose meds for addicts. 
The blue box was installed in, in Brooklyn on Monday and will offer potentially life-saving naloxone. Naloxone? Naloxone 1? I don't know. It's a drug users who have overdosed on opioids, along with instruction on how to use the drug. Instead of snacks or sodas, the vending machine also has hygiene kits and safe sex kits for anyone with a New York City zip code to claim. Officials say similar machines in the U.S., Europe, and Australia have demonstrated effectiveness at reducing overdose rates and spread the infect, uh, spread of infectious diseases. We are in the midst of an overdose crisis in our city. That's been going on for like 25 years, and you're not doing shit about it. <laughs> Which is actually it's probably fucking back, back the 80s is really when that shit started really happening. Uh which is taking a fellow New Yorker from us every three hours and is a major cause of falling life expectancy in New York City, said Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassen in a statement. Well, they should like that because they're, they're fucking, they're housing all the fucking illegal people there. So look, there's people, one, one every three hours. There you go. You have more room for your fucking, so you can't be complaining about fucking having to house those people. But we will continue. All right. <laughs> But we will continue to fight to keep our neighbors and loved ones alive with care, compassion, and action. Public health vending machines are an innovative way to meet people where they are and to put life-saving tools like Naloxone in their hands. We'll, have, we'll leave no stone unturned until we reverse the trends in opioid-related deaths in our city. How about you start making it? Overdose deaths in New York City are at historic heights. In 2021, there were... 2,668 overdose, overdose deaths in New York City compared with 2,103 in 2020. In 2021, 84% of death, overdose deaths involved in open, opioid. Fentanyl, a steady synthetic opioid, was involved in 80% of all overdose deaths, according to the New York City Department of Health. Um, There's more stats and facts and stuff like that, and they have some pictures on, uh, on shit. But, you know, like the overdose... Um, Rescue kits and, and shit like that. I can see that. But you, if you're putting drug paraphernalia in there, I understand it's cleaner and it's trying, you know, it's trying to stop the spread of fucking infectious diseases and shit, but you're enabling that shit to ha- to keep going on. Yeah. And you think they're just going to go to that vending machine. Oh, I used this crack pipe once. Oh, I need a new one. Or I shit it with this person. Oh, I need a new one. No, they're going to, they're going to stockpile that shit or they're probably going to sell it to somebody. Like, get the fuck out of here. This, that shit's stupid. That's going to do it for that one. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring it to the New York City mayor. Eric Adams suggests New Yorkers open their homes to mi- migrants. This is from Breitbart. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is suggesting that the city's government may soon pay New Yorkers to open their homes to border crossers and illegal aliens who continue arriving in the city on a weekly basis. Since spring of last year, more than 72,000 border crossers and illegal aliens have arrived in New York City, the majority of which, 37,500, remain in the city shelter system, which now includes hotel rooms, homeless shelters, and former jail paid for by local taxpayers. On Monday, while announcing the city will begin housing about 1,000 border crossers and illegal aliens in 50 churches and faith-based shelters, Adams suggests that... He eventually hopes the city will pay New Yorkers to house migrants in their homes. It is my vision to take the next step in the faith-based lo- uh, localities and and then move to private residence, Adam said. 
You're a fucking moron. You're a fucking moron. And if anybody believes that, you're a fucking moron too because they can't pay for the shit they're doing right now, but they're going to pay yeah. the New York. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Adam said illegal immigration to New York City, which costs New Yorkers about $5 million every every day, is not sustainable. But instead of stopping the inflow, he suggested, again, that the federal government more quickly provide work per- permits to provide to border crossers and illegal aliens. I don't want anyone to believe that this is sustainable. We need work permits. We need a decompression strategy. We need real immigration reform. Adam said, and "That's that one." No, the only thing you need to do is ship them back out of the fucking country. No, no. Well, you're a sanctuary city. You should be dealing with this perfectly fine. You want to brag about how you're a sanctuary city, and then when you you deal with a a fraction of what's going on at the border states, you're crying like little yeah. bitch. <laughs> So my next one's from Fox News. Oversight Chair Comer to hold FBI Director Ray in contempt of Congress over Biden doc alleging crime scheme. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer said Monday he will bring the he will begin the process of holding FBI Director Christopher Ray in contempt of Congress. Despite viewing and briefing being briefed by bureau officials on the subpoena document that alleges President Joe Biden was involved in a crime, criminal crimes uh, bribery scheme. Yeah, the FBI. Here we go. The FBI brought the documentation in question. The, an FBI-generated FD-1023 form that allegedly described a $5 million criminal scheme involving then-Vice v- President Joe Biden and foreign national relating, a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. To Capitol Hill on Monday uh, for former, oh, for Comer and ranking member Jamie Raskin to review in a secure SEIF, which is a sensitive compartment information facility, resulting from a back and forth between committee Republicans and Bureau over whether it was in compliance of the subpoena. The FBI initially offered to allow Comer to review the document at FBI headquarters, but amid Comer's threats to hold Ray in contempt of Congress, the Bureau offered additional accommodations to bring the physical document to Capitol Hill. Despite the accommodation, Comer said Monday, the FBI is still not in compliance with the subpoena to turn over the physical document to to the committee. committee. That's fucked up. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to overhand the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee, Comer said in a statement, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Given the severity and uh, complexity of the allegations contained within this record, Congress must investigate further, Comer wrote. The investigation is not dead. This is only the beginning. It's always the beginning with anything to do with fucking Biden. Mm -hmm. They're investigating this, that, and and, oh, it's just the beginning. And then... You know, a month later, you don't hear anything of it anymore. Like, oh. fucking follow through with it. But that's going to that's gonna do it for that one. Well, that's going to bring me into my next article from The Federalist. A majority of Americans want corrupt FBI to be reformed or shut down. More than half of the nation, 63%, want the FBI to face some sort of some, uh, face some form of punishment for weaponizing its power against American people to achieve political goals. A new poll from Issues and Insights and TIPP suggest 
the FBI's long, uh, years long, um, corruption, which includes misleading Congress, covering up corruption, uh, manufacturing scandals, raiding the home of former president, targeting innocent people based on their moral and political beliefs and interfering in elections is no secret to the majority of Americans who know the U S has a two tiered system of justice. The agency's laundry list of deeply rooted corruption um, became even more obvious in the recent weeks after special counsel John Durham confirmed there was never any evidence to sustain the agency's seriously flawed cross-fire hurricane investigation of conclusion between the presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russia. Of 1,358 respondents surveyed between May 31st and June 2nd, mere weeks after the Durham report, uh, surface 39% said they want the FBI to be reformed by Congress to keep it from meddling in future elections. Americans widespread contempt for the politicalized federal uh, federal agency is not exclusive to one vote voting block. Overall, 75% of Republicans and 59% of Democrats and 57% of independents appear to understand that the FBI is a threat to the nation and must be addressed with some sort of retribution or rehabilitation. Um, only 15% of Americans believe the FBI should be left alone because it, it because it has already learned its lesson. <laughs> yeah, okay. But the article continues to go on, so if you want to check that one out, it's at The Federalist, and if you want the FBI uh, shut down, then you might want to take a look at this because it's not just you. It's... Um, 63% of Americans are with you. Yeah. And we are too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and that goes with the um, ATF, IRS, CIA. They should all be shut down. Yeah, they should be. So, my next article is from Fox News. Chinese warship comes within yards of U.S. destroying latest act of aggression in Taiwan Strait. A Chinese warship came within 150 yards. It was pretty fucking close. Of hitting the USS Chung Hoon on Saturday before crossing its bow a second time at a close at, at closer to 2,000 yards, while U.S. destroyer was conducting joint exercises with Canada in the Taiwan Strait, the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command confirmed the incident occurred at, at U.S.-Chinese tensions as U.S.-Chinese tensions remain high in the South China Sea. Uh, sh- uh, the Chinese ship executed maneuvers in an unsafe manner, overtaking the USS Chung Hoon in its port side at 150 yards while the destroyer was sailing through waters where, where high seas freedoms of navigation and overflight apply, with Canada's HMCS Montreal said in a release. The Chinese ship then crossed Chung Hoon's bow a second time starboard to port at 2,000 yards and remained off Chung Hoon's port bow, the release said. Um, its actions violated the maritime rules of the road of safe passage in international waters. The U.S. told the U.S. the Chinese ship to stay away from the destroyer, and at the last moment, the Chinese altered course. Yeah, so you know what they were doing. They were, they were trying to see how, how much they could get away with before they were engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canada's Global News reported the Chung Hoon slowed down to 10 knots but maintained its course. 
And I don't know. I understand it would be like an act of aggression, but I would have fucking been like, pew, pew. <laughs> well, there's one less fucking Chinese ship we have to worry about. HMCS Montreal Commander Paul Mountford called the incident not professional on the part of the Chinese and saying it was clearly investigated by the Chinese, according to Global News. The fact that this was announced over the radio prior to doing it clearly indicated it, that it was intentional, he added. Yeah, yeah of course you're going to see a fucking ship in your 150 yards. You should be able to see the ship. The ship. Um, he continued, I'm hoping that it, it, it is an isolated incident and that it won't happen again for us because we have international law on our side. This is international waters. The Chinese had warned the U.S. and Canadian ships they were in Chinese territorial waters, despite the strait being recognized as international waters, Montford said. The Chinese vessel had been shadowing the U.S., the joint U.S.-Canadian exercise for the last week before they entered the Taiwan Strait, the outlaw reported. And this just, just this shows that um, the once feared U.S. Uh, defense is pretty much now a laughingstock. Now, now the fucking Chinese are just playing games with us out in, out in the open waters. Yeah. But that'll do it for that. Okay. My last article is um, brought from Breibart CDC. 3.7 million births in U.S. last year, far below replacement level. Uh, fewer than 3.7 million babies have been, were delivered in the United States last year, keeping the nation consistently below replacement level as it has been since 2007 the center of disease control and prevention uh details in its data according to the cdc there were 3.66 million births in the u.s last year which is only a slight decline from 2021 when a few thousand more births occurred overall the fertility rate remained at 1.66 births per one women the to be at replacement level where a generation can exactly replace um, replace themselves. The U.S. needs a fertility rate of 2.1 births per per woman. The total fertility rate in 2022 remained below replacement. The rate has generally been below replacement since 1971 and constantly below replacement since 2007. The CDC report reported in uh, their data. In terms of demographics, general fertility rates declined about 2% for black women in the U.S. from 2021 to 2022 and 3% in American Indian women and white women. Meanwhile, the fertility rate increased in 3% of Asian women, 6% of Pacific Islander women, and 4% in Hispanic women in the U.S. over the same period. Um, the general fertility rate for women, 15 to 44 Years old was 56.1 births, 1,000 indicating slightly de a slight decline in 2021. In Hungary, where Prime Minister Viktor Orban has uh, set his sights on increasing his nation's fertility rate to 2.1 births per woman by 2030, the government has enacted a serious a series of pro-family economic and social policies. Earlier this year, for instance, Hungary's government started um, exempting women from paying personal income taxes if they become mothers before the age of 30. Well, that's different. <laughs> trying, to, trying to increase the birth rate. 
Yeah, you have other countries trying to increase the birth rate, and they're trying to decrease it here. And it's working, obviously, and it's been working. And that just shows that the agenda has been what has been going on for a, a while. And that, that it doesn't make any sense that there there's no overpopulation, okay? That it there really yeah. isn't. What what there is is there's an oversaturation in certain areas. Like you could go like an hour away from here, and there's tons of land all over the place, but people don't want to be inconvenienced by driving more than five or ten minutes to get to a fucking store. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's all they should do is just fucking branch out. But well, if that's your first time listening to the show, you should probably hit that subscribe button on your um, podcast directory or platform. It's somewhere. Just find it. Um, also, if it's your first time uh, listening on YouTube or Rumble, you can give us that follow button. Uh, give us a like, you know, comment. Let us know how the hell we're doing. And then uh, while you're following, you can head over to Instagram at checkers underscore and MJ. That's Twitter as well. Same handle. Give us a follow there. Check out our content because we got content dropping on there that is different from the show. Not as of lately because, you know, got stuff going on in our personal lives. But, you know, when we can, we're dropping content. Um, then we are on truth at the realist underscore the actually it's at the underscore realist underscore uncensored. And then we are on YouTube and rumble for the people listening uh, at the realist uncensored. There is content on there that is not talked about on the show as well. You can also email us at the realist uncensored at gmail.com. That could be for show ideas. That could be for topic ideas. That could be sell fucking shit on Facebook marketplace. That could be to get into an argument with us because you don't agree with something, which is fine. Um, yeah. So you can email us. Also, episodes will be dropping weekly on Wednesday and Friday. So be on the lookout for those and be on the lookout for when MJ decides to drop a message Monday. (laughs) And with that being said, we hope you have a great weekend. Stay out of Target. Don't be drinking Bud Light. But just enjoy your weekend.